Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hello and welcome to the first episode of our new podcast in Vino. We're going to be talking about Australian wine, about Australian winemakers, where you can find the wines, where you can get a great price on them, what you can eat with them, things like that. I'm your host, Ben. Um, I run an immersive theatre company. I've worked in hospitality for a while. I love wine. And so I thought it'd be a great idea to get some friends together and make a podcast all about it. Um, This is Pat. He's an actor. He's a veteran hospo worker. And he's not as snobby as me. Yeah, that's, that's a pretty apt description. I'm also a podcaster outside of this podcast. I run a podcasting review podcast. <laughs> so, so far, this one hasn't really tickled my fancy, but we'll see if it gets better throughout. Early judgment always good. <laughs> All right. Thanks for that, Pat. And uh, this is Mark. He's a sommelier. He's a venue manager of Baydecker Wine Bar here in Brisbane. Um, and he's going to kind of guide us through the world Australian, of Australian wine. Thanks, Ben. And hello, Pat. Hello, Mark. <laughs> <laughs> And hi everybody, it's, uh, it's good to be here and, and part of the podcast, we're here to just break down some of the barriers with wine, talk about some of the new styles of wines, people are talking about non-conventional wines, we're going to have a look at all types of wines so you can make some informed decisions when you're at the shops. Yeah, absolutely. Alright, so I better give you a quick word from our sponsor. Um, this whole thing wouldn't be possible without the guys over at Different Drop, they're an online retailer started about six years ago by a Um, in a garage by a couple of mates down in Sydney. Uh, They're all about making um, it easier for wine lovers to discover the best kind of handcrafted and artisanal wines around Australia. You can find thousands of rare, delicious and great value wines on their website, differentdrop.com.au. And when you create an account, you'll also receive a special offer to use on the boys' wide range of awesome products. But let's get started with a wine that Different Drop have hooked up for us. Um, This is a bit of a favourite of ours. Mark and I first had this... um, well, I think Mark had it at the bar already, but I first had it at a little dinner party Mark and I had together. Um, it's a 2018 Kerner. There were other people, obviously. The yeah, it wasn't yeah. just the two of us. I was actually a bit worried. It wasn't that intimate. I was actually a bit worried when you were coming over, though, because it was like, I realized I was having people over and I was like, fuck, I better clean my house. So I cleaned the house, lit a bunch of candles and stuff like that to make it look kind oh, of less dirty. Really and then when you turned up, I was just like standing there and this like dimly lit candles, jazz music playing. And I was like, ooh. If you hadn't handed me the robe. <laughs> anyway, this is this is the 2018 Kerner the Claire. Um, it's a it's a kind of a Bordeaux blend. It's um, Malbec, Petit Verdot, uh, Cabernet Franc, and Cab Sauvignon. Um, it's yeah, it's pretty fucking delicious. Uh, Mark's going to tell us a bit about it, I think. Yeah, absolutely. I guess I'm just going to look after the more technical side of things, just so we do Please. understand the wine, and then we can start to break it down a little bit if you stay awake. For the whole thing that mm-hmm. I've had. Sorry, mate. <laughs> <laughs> but basically, as Ben was saying, the, uh, the breakdowns, Cab- Cabernet Sauvignon, Petit Verdot, Malbec and Cabernet Franc. The technical aspect, it's 30% Cabernet, 30% Petit Verdot, 20% Malbec, 20% Cabernet Franc. 
Whenever any of these wines are together, they're called a Bordeaux blend because they're all varietals that are grown in the Bordeaux region in France. So David and John O'Kerner, who are the, the winemakers of Kerner Wine, have developed this wine in a new style, which we call minimal intervention. So what the guys have done is they've actually grabbed all the different grapes for this wine and picked them at different times. So what you do is you've got different concentrations of grape. So they're gonna, all going to add different flavours to the wine. And generally with uh, Cabernet blends, all the, the stalk, the whole bunch goes in there that the guys have actually destemmed here. So only whole berries as much of, as possible have gone into the wine. I think you can taste that with like the fruitiness of it. Yeah, absolutely. And this is where we have to talk about not comparing this to a conventional or classic Cabernet blend or Bordeaux blend. So even if you look at the percentage of alcohol in this wine, which sits at 12.9%, which is really, really low down the scale, when normally a Cabernet-based wine would sit around that 145 to 15%. So we... Just in terms of using words, we say that it's a light wine, but it's not a light wine at all. It just has softer tannins. Mm. And the way the guys have made the wine is that it's more approachable and juicy and easier to drink. Yeah, absolutely. What do you reckon? It certainly seems that way to me. I've been racking my brain trying to think of things that it tastes like. (laughs) It tastes like really good wine to me. That's all I could really come up with. (laughs) I don't know how people get the vanilla. I don't know. (laughs) <laughs> for, for a brief moment, I thought I, I thought I got a, a hint of like salted caramel, but I could have interesting. Could have been a, a could have been a hallucination. A bit of mintiness in there, along with the kind of I red fruits. But uh, the hardest thing with naming flavors is when we say like this wine does have a mintiness to it because it has a slight cooling effect. But when we talk about the mint, we're talking about like natural mint from a tree, like mm. a, a mint leaf, as opposed to thinking like mint in a chewing gum yeah, or yeah. an ollie. So that's in wine where we talk about natural sweetness or natural flavour versus confectionery. Yeah, yeah. Where it is manufactured. I mean, at the end of the so day, I'm an idiot for mentioning salted caramel. No, not at all. <laughs> no. no if that's, I think the thing about like wine is like if you if you taste it, it's a personal experience. Like, because at the end of the day, yeah. it's all it's it's all wine. You know, it's 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 all grapes. I also want to say it's flat. It's flat. Yeah. I don't know. So you say there's no fizz to it. No, no, no. It felt it just to, towards the back of the palate. I just, I just got a sense of flatness to it. Not in a bad way. Maybe that's like the, the kind of medium to low acidity then. But I can taste a bit of acidity. But. And again, I guess if you're a Cabernet drinker and you generally open a Cabernet at home, the first thing you notice after you drink it is that really ripping dryness on the side of your mouth. Yeah. And almost like a difficulty to talk, like you get yeah. tasty almost. Yeah. So with this wine, with not as much tannin weight, you don't get all those effects. So... These are the things that we're going to talk about over the coming weeks is why wines exactly the same grape taste completely different to each other. Yeah. And I think what we're going to try and do as well is because we've been talking about what we're, uh, where do we get these wines and, and things like that. This one obviously is from different drop, but we also want to talk about the kind of food aspect because I think wine and food is a really important combination. There's a lot of, a lot of wines food really brings out the flavors of, wine can bring out the flavor of food. Um, so each, each time I think I'm going to try and give you like a tip on what's a great um, food to have with this. And this one, actually, at the dinner party I was talking about that, that Mark and I had, I made a... Um, actually, it wasn't that dinner party. It was another one that Pat was also at. Was I at that one too? Was that the one I got late to? Yes. You're, I, I mean, so. you're, you're, you're late, late to, to the dinner party. Yeah, yeah <laughs> I'm at work. Yeah, well, as we said, he works in, in hospital. hospital. Um, but uh, the food that I put with this one, I put like a nice uh, light spring lamb, um, like a lamb rack, cooked with some herbs and fresh things like that um not any heavy sauces i i, I made one with a, a yogurt sauce and yes i do pronounce I it yogurt. I, I think i remember that yeah. and um i missed the eggplant kind of spice. oh yeah the tuna was good oh yeah, with the black the and white tuna. sesame yeah, yeah that was memorable yeah i do like oh, i'm cook. sure it was you missed out yeah i know sorry that's what i'm 
It's okay. What I'm bringing up. But like like this this kind of wine, we here at Invino are pretty big fans of kind of the new, exciting, different, sustainable methods of winemaking as well. Things that a lot of people in Australia are doing really, really well. But we also love like all the traditional ones. So we're going to be doing a bit of a balance of both. Um, but speaking of Cabernets and the and the the ripping kind of tannins and things like that, I've brought another wine along tonight as well. Um, this one's um, it's called a. Mockandunda. Mockandunda, that's right. I, I couldn't pronounce the name for a second. It's a, it's a Cabernet Sauvignon. Uh, it's from 2009. It's another Australian wine producer as well. And these kind of, often these Cab Savs have really high tannins. Um, and tannins are that thing that give you that really dry and textural kind of feeling in your mouth where, where it kind of, uh, yeah, just uh, that dry feeling. And um, so often we would decant a wine like that for up to an hour to try and soften and smooth out those tannins, kind of bring out the more mellow qualities um, in a wine. But Pat reckons we don't have to wait that long. Yeah, that's right. Well, <laughs> that is taking you, you make it sound like it's my here. fucking it is theory. Your idea. You brought it up. I heard it on another podcast, and then I oh, did a little stealing from I the podcast a, now. Oh, like like when a scientist says that Actually, <laughs> you don't you, have you can aerate wine quicker by putting it in a blender. Is that, is that stealing an idea? That's oh. just dissemination of information. And now we're giving it to the good this people who listen heart. to this. This experiment. Yeah, well, I think we're going to do the experiment. Well, I, I must say, I tried it on a shitty bottle of wine. That's all I'm saying. When I got heard that and I got home and then I just, it tasted remarkably better. So I just wanted to see if it actually does what it... Remarkably better. Remarkably, so that I remarked upon I'm it. very concerned about the wine you used. <laughs> <laughs> oh, look, it would have been like a... $8 bottle of some shit that was lying around that was almost undrinkable. And then I'm like, well, what better experiment subject than this thing? No one cares Extreme about aeration. That. Extreme what? Aeration. aeration. Yeah. Yeah, go for it. So just to go through, the basic premise with decanting is to allow the wine to be exposed to air mm. so that the wine opens up, so to speak, because quite often it's been locked in this poor little bottle for a number of years, That's a good as idea. has this one, which has been locked in a bottle for 10 years. And now we're going to blend it. I was just saying, I'll, I'll try the aerated one first and then I'll try the, the bit that hasn't been aerated and see if there's... Yep, Oof. see if there's a discernible difference. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, mine didn't do that. <laughs> but it really didn't take long. All right. Yeah, it looks like a, it looks like a, a sour beer now. Like a yeah, froth on the top. Bit. It does look like a have cherry a sour. Okay, I'm going to now pour out this wine that I've just blended in a effectively a Nutribullet, a home brand one. Explain to the folks at home what a Nutribullet is. <laughs> <laughs> it's like it's a, a bullet of nutrition. All right. All right. What do you, what, what, okay. Shiraz Cab Sav. So yeah, this is a Shiraz Cab Sav. It should be pretty tannic. I'm going to try the, um, the non-decanted one, well, blended one first, and I'm going to see what I think of that. It's a really strong wine. On the nose, you've already got like so much vanilla and kind of oaky elements. Yeah, I mean, I don't like this wine, to be honest, anyway, but let's... Uh... I've just had the, uh, the pre-blended bit, and I, I don't mind it. It is okay. This is an interesting wine because this wine's from the Clare Valley, the same as the Kerner. Mm. And you can see one's been made in a really classic style, and the other yeah, one, yeah. obviously, is a, uh, a newer style. Well, these Kerner boys are breaking things up, aren't they? they Kicking are. down the front door. They're not trying to change the world. They're just doing things the way that they, excuse me, the way they want to do them. Yeah, which no, for I them is about that. making approachable, really easy drinking wine instead of being overcomplicated. Mm. Right, um, Mark, I've got to be honest with you. Can you pass me one of the aerated, extreme aerated ones, please? I've got to be honest with you, Mark. It is better. 
It is better. Yeah, right. Well, I'm starting to get some little metallic notes and yeah. Some There's really bad. Definitely flavors. a discernible yeah, it's not difference. A ni- it's not a nice wine to begin with. To be perfectly honest, I feel like we've kind of uh, brought out whatever <laughs> yeah. acidity was in this wine. Brought out the worst in it. <laughs> but in saying that, I feel that now I can look like I'm having a protein shake, but walk around with wine. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. In my little Nutribullet holder. It's so, the yeah. new brown paper bag. It's going to make everything better. But that's that's one of the things that yeah, that's what that people say is like when when you um when you let something breathe, you can kind of bring out some of the flavors in it. So if it's if it's not mm. that nice in the first place, then maybe um. Look, I think this method is best uh, kept for shitty bottles of $8 red yeah. rather than a nice bottle of wine. And even visually, when you've got friends over, there's nothing better than chucking some wine in the blender. Yeah, and it looks cool. You, really you look busy in the kitchen. Yeah, yeah. it is similar. When you go over to Ben's house, he's always doing stuff in the kitchen and he looks really well put yeah. together and like like he's got his shit it's together. It's way too hard to pull this yeah. into decanter, but I've got time to blend it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Nice. Got some nice um, music playing. Yeah, I've been planning a surprise party for my girlfriend, which I can say now because the, the party's on Sunday and this surprise. will be released after then. But um, basically, I've been uh, trying to learn that method of opening a bottle of champagne that they call With sabering, a saber. Yeah, but you can use just any sort of Sabrage. kitchen knife. And yeah, you run the you run the knife up the side of the bottle, and it, and it fires the cork and the glass off where the, the top seam is. And it lo- yeah, up the seam, and it looks amazing. But I think this is similar. It's it's a bit of showmanship. It's like yeah, yeah. you've got you've got it's the like, classic hey, French welcome. you've got the classic French method of sabering wine, champagne, and you've got Pat's method of blending shit red. Yeah, well just like the Kerner brothers, I'm knocking down doors and shaking things up. I guess if know. the wine is poor enough, like it can't get worse. Yeah. So I don't, know about that. To your I don't know about that. The more the more I'm drinking this, I think it is getting worse. It could potentially become a good salad dressing after a period of time if it gets fully vinegared <laughs> yeah, through the yep. aeration process. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> Myth busted. I was thinking about this. Can you make your own red wine vinegar by just leaving a bottle of wine open for long enough? Well, it also there's they're made differently, obviously vinegars. So no, you can't <laughs> because <laughs> vinegar doesn't have alcohol in it. Oh, I see. All right, so you so, get alcoholic vinegar. Yeah. Something we actually did in Cluedo was um the. Uh, we had a few times so we, obviously in an immersive theatre show Cluedo sorry is the immersive theatre show that I ran and um, we used a lot of fake red wine in it so we used Ribena because um, the actors can't be drinking real red wine because no. you know uh, laws and stuff alright I gotta tell this story That's so Pat, Pat was a, Pat was an actor Pat is an actor in, in this in this show that we do it's an immersive theatre show a live uh, kind of uh, staging of Cluedo the board game and um, Pat played Reverend Green at Christmas time and um Pat doesn't remember the second half of the show because Pat got so drunk on red wine. It tasted so good, I thought it was juice. I don't believe that. No, 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 uh, legit. I think this was before you were there, Mark. It was. It yes. was pre-Mark's time at Beta. This was just the juiciest, most delicious wine I'd ever had in my <laughs> life. And I was like, God damn, that's good. Yeah, how did that get in my glass? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so um, that happens. But we, most of the actors, other than Pat, uh, drink Ribena instead of red wine to kind of you know replicate the, the look without getting drunk uh, but you occasionally have audience members that grab the decanters or grab the glasses they'll take a drink of it and they'll be like this isn't real red wine mm. and you're like fuck off um, but fuck basically off. Yeah. <laughs> exactly yeah. get them out break you the keep, immersion yeah, break the immersion <laughs> and just beat them up way to ruin um, Christmas yeah exactly but so what we did there was a couple of decanters sitting around the venue that we just poured a bit of red wine into right at the start of the season and just left it there so by the end it must have smelled so strong and so mm. bad but people would occasionally pop open one of the decanters and have a sniff yeah. and uh, they didn't check any other decanters after that 
Do you want to borrow a champagne saber? I have a huge you one. You have a champagne saber. Well, it's that huge one that hangs on the wall. Well, I think that t- might be a bit much for me. I just want to use a small knife. <laughs> like, I, I think i got to work my way up the sabers. Okay, sure. I was watching a video, actually, where they were doing it with butter knives and iPhones and stuff. You can basically use anything. Oh, yeah, yeah, there's some really good fail videos on yeah, the wall as well. Some <laughs> <laughs> things go horribly wrong. Yeah, that's what I'm worried about. I want to test it out like when no one's watching. Cause if I I'm, like trying to impress a video my of a guy... I think they would have been doing champagne sabering because someone does have a saber and he has a cork in his mouth and the other guy is going to cut the cork in half but instead he cuts his nose in half. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> just so it's sort of hanging, just sort of like... like That's sort horrible. Of, yeah. yeah, it wasn't pretty. I watched, I think the thing that really got me is I watched a video, it was um, some big LA chef and a rock star, I think he was a rapper actually of some kind, um, doing champagne sabering on a YouTube video. And the thing that really just got me was they were doing it with like really expensive champagne. And I was, and they went through like eight or nine bottles of this easy, just like chopping the corks off. And I was thinking like, God, the expense of that. Just like to make that video, the yeah, amount of you're a rapper, wood champagne wasted. That's part of I'm more worried about the wasted part wine of your gimmick. Though. Yeah. Surely they're drinking it. Well, you, once you've popped eight bottles with sabers, are you going to, I suppose, the stuff? Don't just give it out. Yeah. yeah. God, that'd be a good job. Well, it kind it? of defeats the opposite of the way you're meant to open a champagne bottle. But you're supposed to open it with your hand over the top and not release as much mm. pressure. Yeah, because then, then the bubble stays in the bottle. Yeah. So that's the thing. Like, quite often we like to be dramatic with champagne bottles and rip the cork open and everyone yeah. hears the pop. But it should actually be a really light, slow hiss where you actually really just take the bottle of the cork off really slowly. Mm. Actually, and so that's the thing. All these things are really good fun for showmanship and they are really great to watch, but they're not treating the wine the way it's meant to be treated. And I'm here to defend wine. Because <laughs> right. it can't talk Well, I'm here itself. to defend a good time. I say you'd go with the champagne saber. Yeah. Well, I actually, I actually learned an interesting fact about this, that, that we, we know wine, uh, uh, so champagne is a celebration wine. It's like when you're celebrating something. Apparently that actually comes around from the Tour de France originally uh, quite a long time ago. I can't remember the exact date, but um, the, uh, some, one of the champagne companies sponsored the Tour de France and, and gave them a bottle for like each victory. They get to open a bottle and they could shake it up and pop out the top. And that whole idea of celebrating by exploding a bottle of champagne was then picked up in race in bike racing mm. and Formula One and all that stuff and then from that point on became this like icon of the celebratory drink yeah I was wondering whoever that. started the yeah. first of that and there you go yeah, the so cyclists next time we'll, we'll delve into why they smash them on the back of boats <laughs> I didn't know they did that yeah, yeah you know, know you christen a boat, boat you, you yeah. gotta smash a bottle of wine on the back okay mm. yeah, that's, for, that's for next week Speaking about champagne as well, New Year's Eve. It's a while um, away, Ben. It is a while away, but you got to sell tickets early for these things. It's coming, well. yeah. In the yeah, well, absolutely. But uh, Mark um, at Baydecker and uh, me at Brisbane Immersive, we're we're planning this um, big New Year's Eve party coming up in Brisbane at the end of the end of the um, year. We've got like um, immersive entertainment set in the twenties. It's going to be like a the top room is going to be a bakery. It's going to be like a secret speakeasy behind the bakery. It's going to be all sorts of characters, performances, burlesque, uh, great food and wine, kind of all inclusive thing. So we're like super excited about that. Yeah. We're going to hopefully have some information out really soon for everyone. <laughs> we hope so. Yes. You, you never know with us. Put it in the show notes. Put it in the show. Yeah, we could put it in the show notes. So check the link below and you will find... Below what? I don't where know. Below they? like the thing on Spotify. Depends or where they are. Depends where they are. So can it be above? They could be on a bus. Yeah. <laughs> Just remember to like, comment and subscribe though. Yeah, cool. Yeah. We need some right. detail. <laughs> um, You'll find the. But we do know somewhere. that it's on the thirty first of December for yeah. sure. Are you sure? We've really locked that day. You can meet Ben and Mark. <laughs> yes, I'm not going to be there. Yeah, Pat's going to be in Europe. Yeah, I'm going to be in. Be like for bread. Salzburg, maybe. So where's that? Austria. Yeah, I knew that. 
Did you? I did. I don't know. I was hoping you didn't. Okay, so you you drink some of the East Vine in Austria. Some of the what? East Vine. Ice wine. Okay. Amazing. Yeah, no, good. Give me some stuff to uh, enjoy and drink over there. Ice wine and Grüner Veltliner. Mm. And we're also going to the Czech Republic as well. Oh, Um, body armor. That's all you need for this. (laughs) 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 But is there, there's not. There's not monasteries around there that brew beer, are there? Where am I thinking of? Where are the Trappist monks? Belgium. Yes. The monasteries used to brew beer in France as well. It was like the original like hills of Burgundy and places like that where Uh, we're all monks uh, making wine. That kind of where a lot of that stuff started. I know it's where the champagne stories begin. Mm. Interesting religion and alcohol. Yeah. Interesting combination. Not sure of Christ. Yeah, yeah, let's not get into that one. <laughs> but um, but yeah, New Year's Eve is going to be at Baydecker, and um, I think Mark was mentioning um, in our promo earlier that um, that Baydecker. Did you say you have three hundred and thirty bottles of wine? We do, different bottles of wine. Three hundred and thirty vintages in our cellar, and it's uh, yeah, it's really exciting. But we do have a really great cross section of really old classic Australian wine, and over the last year or two, we've really developed the more new, newer styles and, and newer winemakers as well. So we're lucky to use things like Coravan technology, which some of you might have heard of, which is how you extract wine from a bottle without opening the cork. Mm. That blew my mind oh, yeah. when I first saw it. So it's a little needle that goes in the bottle and pulls the wine out, and then a little squirt of uh, argon gas goes in there, which reseals the bottle. So what this has allowed us to do is open a ridiculous amount of bottles without them going off. So good for the consumer. We've got a lovely wine fridge at Baydecker that has 32 different wines in that you can order by the glass. Yeah, usually you'd only have to be able to pay like a lot of money to get a whole bottle of them if you wanted to try them. Yeah, and it's something that's literally changed the game in the whole wine world. It was an old NASA scientist who loved really good wine who developed this technology. It all comes because from Because he NASA. hated opening a good bottle and not being able to finish I it. I love mm. that shit that a lot of the best stuff comes from some really smart person who was like, how do I fix this really simple problem? Yeah. Mm. And it's always been the hardest thing. They're apparently developing one for champagne bottles. Wow. But I'd love to have seen how the testing process has happened because there'd be some outstanding disasters, putting a needle through a cork that's mm-hmm. under high pressure. Yeah, firing I'm sure off. they know what they're doing and we'll, and we'll get there eventually. It's a NASA yeah. scientist. NASA don't have a history of things blowing up at all. No. no. <laughs> that hurts. All so right. what might constitute a classic Australian wine then? Well, I guess when we talk about that, and we do use those kind of adjectives of classic or conventional. It's where I'd, I'd immediately go to like the Barossa Valley, mm. the home of Shiraz in Australia. It's one of the most famous regions in the world now. It is. And it's, uh, it's actually getting to a point where, as you know, like champagne is supposed to only be called champagne if it's from the region in France. Mm. They believe we're only a few years away from the Barossa. Only Shiraz, the term Shiraz, will be able to be allowed to be used for wines from the Shiraz Barossa. is actually the same grape as Syrah, which is what most of the rest of the world call Shiraz. Yeah. But it seems to be an Australian thing and not many other places that, that actually call it Shiraz. So that yeah. Kind of it was actually, I think it was maybe 12, 13 years ago, basically everyone decided that Shiraz would come from the New World. So the New World being like America, New Zealand, Australia. And the Old World, France, Spain, Italy, would call their Shiraz Syrah. Mm-hmm. And then everyone started making it and went, Nah, I'm not going to do that. So then most of the New Zealanders calls theirs Syrah. And uh, it's basically Shiraz is a term that's almost uh, solely Australian now. Yeah, right. So is there anything particularly different about our Shiraz or well, Syrah we talk about stylistic difference a little bit. And look, the Barossa is known for highly extracted, highly powerful Shiraz. It's right. the home of Penfolds. It's the home of Henschke, the home of Torbrek. 
some of the three big uh, the big pillars, I guess, of Shiraz in Australia. So now I think we're getting to a point where if it is a lighter style Shiraz, they would probably call it a Syrah. Mm. And again, if it's a really heavy big one, you'd say, well, that's a Shiraz. But all these terms have all generated from France. They were the first with all this yeah, kind of stuff. It's actually so. interesting. When, when Grange first came out in Australia, I think it was in the 50s, um, it used to be called Grange Hermitage. Which and Hermitage is like the it's a hill in the Côte d'Iron region in France in the south of France, and th- it became similar to Champagne that you can only call a wine Hermitage if it comes from mm. that place. And so they had to remove the name, and that's when it became just the Grange, or yeah. just just Grange rather than Grange Hermitage. Mm. Sort um, of like how Kleenex has become just a sort of standard name for a tissue. <laughs> similar to that, Pat. Yes, yeah. thank you. Good analogy. Thank you. Yeah, that was that was actually a, yeah very deep. I was I was born in England originally, and uh, when I, when I moved over here, I used to call a vacuum a Hoover mm. because that was the brand. Yeah, that that's what everyone in England called it. Now a lot that's of people just pat after work with the. Uh, sorry. <laughs> 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 that's how I finish work. Yes, sorry. Okay, I have to vacuum the restaurant. <laughs> of course. <laughs> <laughs> but I think we're actually going to cover Shiraz um, as a whole a lot deeper in a later episode of this uh, podcast series. I think we're going to devote a bit more time to it because it's such an interesting and, and sometimes divisive um, grape. Um, but I think that's all the time we have today. Um, I want to say thank you to TNC for hosting this podcast and letting us um, talk shit on here for so long. Um, and you can catch us next week. We're going to be exploring more Australian wine. We're going to be looking at um, Riesling and some kind of conventional versus more traditional winemaking methods. We'll uh, see you next time. Ciao. Bye, everybody. Grapes. The TV shows we watch say a lot about ourselves. Like how political dramas allow Kurt to escape from real-world politics. And how Jane's obsessed with identity themes in teen drama. (laughs) It can be tricky to work out why we love the things that we love. And that's why we started the podcast, Made You Look. Bothers me in superhero shows. Right. I don't know why. Each week we pick an episode of one of our favourite TV shows and force the (laughs) other person to watch it. Sometimes we actually manage to convince each other that these shows are great. I really appreciate that it could be super expository without being super expository. And sometimes we, mostly Jane, uh, pulls them to absolute pieces. Hey, you can't just hang a lantern on it and expect me not to notice that that's a dumb plot point to get you from A to B. It's always a pretty fun time. And sometimes we discover new things about ourselves, our friendship, or something about the media we consume. Oh, our friendship. Yeah. <laughs> Come find us. Made You Look is now available on the That's Not Canon podcast network. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. 